Hey up everyone, welcome to Yorkshire Gamers, a Reap Big War Games podcast and episode 9 and uh, I'm recording this on the afternoon of the 25th of June 2021 uh, for release later today. As I spoke about in the uh, outro of the previous episode, uh, this one's a little bit special in that I've gone on the road to uh, to visit my guests for this one, and uh, I've used a little device called a Zoom H1N. Uh, not very expensive. It's it was about a hundred pounds um, voice recorder, and uh, recommended by lots and lots of people on uh, YouTube as an entry level voice recorder. And I have to say, I'm pretty pleased with the results from it. It's not perfect, but uh, as we've said many times before on this podcast, I'm learning about sound recording, I'm learning about editing, and um, uh, in my mid-50s, uh, it's it's all new to me. Um, so, the device, if you don't know, it's just handheld, and it's got a couple of directional microphones that are fixed onto the top of the recorder, um, so it's not individual mics. So if you listen closely to the interview that's coming up, you'll hear a bit of uh, chair movement and that sort of thing. Uh, I didn't realise quite how sensitive the uh, microphone on the Zoom was. And uh, my editing skills, although I can remove background noise, um, uh, I did that with the, the Nick Skinner interview. Uh, there was a bit of rumbling in the background from an electrical device or something that I was able to completely zone out. But with a with a move of a chair and a, a creak of a table, etc., because it's not constant, it's very hard to do. I'm sure it won't spoil your enjoyment. It, it's a it's a live taping of two guys who enjoy and love their wargaming chatting in a room so there's a little bit of background noise and um, I'm, I'm sure it's perfectly livable with just a little bit of news um, in relation to the podcast going forward uh, we're just coming up to episode number 10 which is a, a bit of a milestone it feels like I've been doing this forever to be honest but it's only it's only coming up to just over three months which uh, surprised me when I had a look at this yesterday um, but yeah episode 10 is getting recorded tomorrow and I'll talk about the guest uh, as I normally do in the outro um, going forward I have booked in the next five guests um, I've not uh, organised a schedule yet but uh, we've I've got a yes from five more guests which will take us to 15 but inside the the next few episodes I want to do a couple of different things um I'm going to do a catch-up episode with some of my previous guests, just going through uh, some of the things that we've talked about in their episodes and um, getting their take on on how things have have gone with um, events etc that we've discussed during their uh, individual episodes and I'm going to do that as, as like a a, a joint episode with with lots of different guests um, coming on and we'll just do 10, 15, 20 minute segments with each one of them uh, just so you get an idea of um, what's going on with the people that you've listened to uh, it, during the previous episodes. Uh, I've also got something else planned, um, hopefully it's going to come up, um, I, I've, I'm going to invite a couple of people onto the podcast who probably wouldn't normally come on um, for reasons which will become um, obvious Um, but I've got a little idea of of having like a a magazine episode Um, not so much hello more of a up and um, I'm going to 
approach those people fairly shortly and let's see i've got lots of really good ideas that i would think uh, will be good for that um lots of new little segments um that won't necessarily work with just me but would probably work with uh more of a, a panel of hosts rather than uh, a single one so uh let, let's say that they might they might tell me to bugger off you never know um but the, the idea is there and i just need to get some uh some co-hosts in in the chair um so uh the guests that i've got planned in i've got um somebody from um australia uh, somebody from the United States and uh, somebody from Italy as well. I'm looking forward to that one. Uh, although uh, my Italian uh, isn't, uh, as you know, if you've listened to anything of mine, my Italian is poorly. Uh, and, and their English uh, isn't particularly good. So uh, that's going to be a fun episode. But I really want to do it because I want to get people from other countries. And I think the enthusiasm will shine through rather than our, our lack of understanding and knowledge of each other's language uh, it's going to be done in english so uh, if it was done in italian we'd have we'd have finished five minutes ago so that's where we are with the podcast um, as always if you have any questions um, or if you'd like to uh, suggest somebody to come on the uh, uh, podcast as a guest if you want to fess somebody up for uh for to get on or, or just somebody that you, maybe you'd like to hear from um who is big game related um who you know who may, maybe i haven't thought of uh, i do have a list of around 30 uh, people who i want to have on the uh, podcast um which which i'm I keep getting new ideas and seeing new things and writing them down and I've, I've spoke to people in the past um, and it's just a case of scheduling and um, getting the time to speak to everyone with uh, you know the release schedule as it is once every two weeks um, bit difficult that uh, and I'm, that's still under review but I've got so many people I want to speak to I'm sure there's more out there as well um, so any ideas drop them, uh, drop me an email yakshagamer at gmail.com or leave a message um, on Podbean uh, if you can follow me on there or Twitter or Instagram or the many many places that uh, Yorkshire Gamer exists in the world of social media so that leads me to uh, come on to our guest. Uh, I'm going to, or I went to see, uh, Pete Morby, who has been running Elite Miniatures uh, since 1985. Now, those of you who don't know, and uh, shame on you if you don't, um, Elite Miniatures are one of the classic 28mm uh, horse and musket manufacturers, and the figures um, that Pete sculpts uh, and makes have a very distinctive style that is synonymous with the big games that you will have seen photographs of from the War Games Holiday Centre in all its guises and going back to the old school magazines it was those figures um, that um, graced the front covers and uh, the articles of those uh, those days Uh, however i very much want to emphasize before we go into this interview that um, pete 
isn't a legacy manufacturer. He, the Elite Miniatures is very much alive and kicking. Um, he's producing new stuff. Um, it's brilliant. His collector series um, is so animated and, and gets such fantastic looking units. Um, it really is worth checking them out. You know, I don't want us to forget about the more established manufacturers with the likes of Warlord and people coming along with these uh, f fancy done, fancy done plastic stuff. Um, there's lots of metal manufacturers, traditional metal, metal manufacturers out there who are still producing new ranges, new lines, new figures. And that's exactly what Pete does. So, in the words of D.I. Regan, it's time to shat it. And let's go to our interview. Well, good morning everyone. This is Yorkshire Gamer and we're going to do something different today. We're going to go on the road. And uh, it's something we've not done before, face-to-face -face interview in this world of uh, Covid and Zoom. And uh, we've been invited along today to uh, Elite Miniatures, who uh, you would be glad to know are not outside the county of Yorkshire. So we are not going south of Sheffield, we're just going northeast a bit of Sheffield, um, which is great and I'm looking forward to this. Uh, hopefully the technology will work. It's the first time I've recorded uh, away from home. So uh, literally anything could go wrong and I'm sure it will do. Uh, but we're just uh, gonna set off from uh, the outskirts of Leeds and Bradford and um, head over to Doncaster. So let's fire up the Quattro and get on our way. Okay everyone, uh, for today's tech guest we've gone on the road and uh, I don't want you to worry but I am within the bounds of Yorkshire. I'm uh, northeast of Sheffield, I've not gone south of Sheffield so I'm safe, I've not had to use my passport and I've been very kindly invited down to the headquarters of Elite Miniatures and uh, I'm going to talk today with a long-standing member of the wargaming community, uh, links back to Peter Gilder and the Wargames Holiday Centre, which if you've listened back to the previous nine episodes has been mentioned in virtually all of them. Um, and our guest today is a painter, a figure designer, a wargamer and the founder of Elite, uh, companies whose figures just ooze that big game feel. So let's give a huge welcome to Pete Morby uh, from Yorkshire Gamers Reap Big Wargames podcast, Hello, Peter. Hello. <laughs> Brilliant. So, um, you, we, we discussed, we had a little chat before we started off the microphone, and um, you've not done a podcast before, have you? No, I haven't, no. No, so um, no TV or radio experience? Or no, nothing, nothing at all. <laughs> well, I, I'm, sure we'll uh, I'm sure we'll manage. We'll, we'll, uh, we'll have a good chat today and, and talk about yourself and your gaming history, and uh, also Elite Miniatures, and we'll talk about them towards the end. Okay. Um, but the first thing that I like to do um, with any of my guests um, is obviously put them under a bit of pressure. <laughs> and uh, by doing that, what I, what I like to do is um, I like to um, talk to people about their, get them to tell me their wargaming history. Um, but uh, rather than droning on about it for two hours, I'm, I'm going to just ask you to um, tell me in about four minutes, starting from, uh, I've got a little timer, uh, and if you go on too long, um, the countdown music comes on, okay. uh, and then um, D.I. Regan from the Sweeney will tell you to shut it. So, right. uh, so 
Um, just from uh, what, just from being a wherever you want to start from being a little lad, um, just tell us what you how you got into hobby. Um, well, like most 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 people, I started with Airfix models, yeah. kits, and things, um, and I saw an advert for a whiskey. Oh, <laughs> in a in a like a like a glossy magazine. Yeah. Where a couple were sat over this war games table with all the figures set out. Yes, yes, um, yes. You remember yeah, it? Yeah. Um, and that got my piqued my interest. Uh, I love the the way it was all set out. Yeah. And sort of went from there. Uh, found out about metal figures. Yeah. Uh, Learned to paint a bit more. Um, like I say, um, got started looking for war games rules. Mm. Got David Chandler's. Um, not David Chandler's. Charles Grant, that's the last. Charles Grant's <laughs> book on War Games Rules, and all, all the photos in there yeah. um, were similar to the, the advert in the mag. Yeah. Um, learned about Peter Gilder from that. Yeah. Uh, learned, you know, followed Peter Gilder a bit more, bought his figures. Yeah. Eventually went to the Holiday Centre when he started in Fotonley Dale. Yeah. Um, sat with him for quite a few nights in his little cubby hole <laughs> as he was Brilliant. designing figures and yeah. painting and learning yeah. learning as much as I could from him. Yeah. Um, and that led to me uh, painting for him. Yeah. Uh, I used to paint units up uh, in exchange for going to the Holly Centre. Ah, right, yeah, good deal. Um, and then I, I thought I'd have a go at designing some figures. Mm. Um, designed the first figure, showed it to Peter. He loved it, but it was built on a thin wire frame which wasn't strong enough to yeah. to go into the production um, so made the second figure and he had it in his put it in his range so yeah. I thought well <laughs> I, I shall keep going um, so my aim was to do similar to things for him work for myself mm. um, designing figures painting and working on something I enjoy mm. rather than going out to work and yeah I was an architectural technician at the yeah. time, and I wanted to stay at home and work. Yeah. So, and it's worked for thirty-five years, thirty-six yeah. years. Brilliant. Is that you're not going to go any further? No. I no, think that, no. Is that the four minutes? No. You, you t t two minutes thirty. So no. Some people go too far, or and, and just keep going. Yeah. And you've you've summarised. You've summarised well. <laughs> So there's a few things we'll 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 dig into there, um, just to get a little bit more detail. Um, you mentioned that you were an architect technician, mm -hmm. and um, did you have an early interest in art? Um, I did enjoy art, and I did enjoy technical drawing. At school, yeah. the art teacher and the technical drawing teacher wanted me both to do to choose their course yeah. level level. I went for technical drawing because I enjoyed the preciseness. Yeah. Um, and that led to doing building diplomas and getting into architectural technician work. Yeah. I enjoyed the drawing bit, didn't enjoy the scratching out. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Which architects kept coming up and saying, no, we need to change this, we need to change this. And yeah. I spent more time scratching out than anything mm -hmm. else. So. Um, so eventually I did this part-time mm. for five years and then decided to take the plunge. Yeah. And um, you're painting... As we talked about earlier before we started recording, um, your figures have been around in the magazines for, for quite a long time. Um, how did you start painting? What was the what was the drive for that? I take my inspiration from larger figures. Yeah. 
I used to look at the pictures for sort of 54s, 70s, 90mm figures. So I wanted to get that Mm. effect down onto this, but Ah. be able to do sort of 30, 40 figures. Mm. So I sort of experimented from that Mm. until I've got something I'm happy with. I'm still changing now, but um, it was basically that. Yeah. Um, And where where did, did you... Did, did you have a mentor when it came to painting? Did you, did you learn from Peter, or where, where did it start? Peter probably helped. Yeah. I mean, I was... I, I think I'd got somewhere before I met him. Yeah. But I think he sort of... He did he take, took me in his um, little, little cubby <laughs> hole <laughs> and sort of showed me some techniques that he uses to speed yeah. things. Because obviously with wargaming, you got to... You yeah. need to paint a lot to get yeah. a decent to get amount a on the table. Going, yeah. Um, so he used to show me a few techniques and I've sort of honed them and, yeah. and improved them, but mm. improved them to how I'm satisfied with, yeah. with it. Um, so mainly self-taught, I think. And because I think um, these days you can learn to paint very quickly by watching YouTube videos uh, and yeah. um, and and doing it that way, and then. To some some ways, it can be quite confusing because there's so many different techniques out there, um, and I, it's it's interesting to know how people started off in the early days. Yeah. And when you started, did you start with enamels or? I did start with enamels. Yes. Yeah. Umbrella enamels. Because that's uh, that. This this there's a lad James Loach who lives up near me. Um, is um, Olakani lad on the uh, blog post, and he still paints with enamels, yeah. which is re- which is really strange to me. <laughs> um, how have you moved on to acrylics now? Yeah, I use acrylics now. Yeah, and uh, how long ago did you did you make that change? Um, oh, I was still doing the shows at the time, so this must be in the eighties. Yeah. Um, oh, so re- relatively, relatively, yeah, relatively. I was never happy with. I could never get because I prefer the matte varnish. Yeah, and with home rolls. You could never get a matte no. varnish that would. You could generally say it's going to go matte when you've used it. Yeah. Um, oh yeah, I've had that. You can put so much. You can put layers and layers and yeah. layers on it. Nothing. Yeah. Nothing works. And so I tried the acrylics and the matte varnish. Yeah. Comes out matte every time. So. Mm. And um, with horses, are you? Do you use oils at all? Because I know that was one of Peter's techniques. Uh, I used to. Yeah. Um, but when I came to acrylics. Because um, I used to do a lot of painting in the house, and of course, terps and oils, and oils, yeah, yeah. smelly acrylics. It's, yeah, there's no really no smell. Yeah, so I've developed a technique um, for the horses, yeah. which I'm happy with, but using acrylics. Oh, right, good, excellent. Yeah, and um, with the painting, then you uh, you've still got you've got stuff on your website for elite miniatures that um, that, that are for sale. So just, do you commission paint, or do you just put stuff up on there as a as a random thing? I put stuff up there when I've had time to do something. Yeah, I don't do commissions per se because yeah, yeah. I just don't get time. Yeah, um, I've got one chap who I paint for regularly. Mm. He bought my Peninsula collection. Yeah, um, so I keep adding. Yeah. Up his, his, yeah, well, his, you, you, you've got to keep him sweet, haven't you? He's, yeah. he's bought all that stuff. Yeah. Um, and do you find time to paint for yourself? I do, yes. I uh, make time to paint for myself. Oh, that's, Cause, that's, cause, that's good to hear. Because if, if you don't, you, yeah. I'm basically I'm doing this for myself. Yeah. And Elite Miniatures is funding the mortgage and stuff. You know, <laughs> yeah. I, I want to paint for myself. So yeah. Yeah, oh. I, I do find time to paint. 
Oh, that's good. That, that's great to hear. Um, uh, so, what are your big? Cl- I mean, just describe where we are. Then we're in a, your war games room. Yeah. Um, just for the people who are listening, just kind of tell us what we've got here. Uh, we've got a basically. There's a central table, uh, six by fifteen. Yeah. Two tables running down either side, two by fifteen, with plenty of <laughs> memorabilia around yeah, the place. Yeah. Um, it, it looks like a, it's a lovely space to game in. Um, and it, as I said before we started, it's got that War Games Holiday Centre um, look about it with the yeah. outer tables, hasn't yeah. it? Yeah. It's very much influenced by that? Very much so, yeah. yes. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I've been going there for years while Peter had it. Yeah. And Jerry. Um, yeah. And... Um, for your own stuff, then, um, what what are your collections? What, what, what do you have? I like the um, seventeen ninety six campaign in Italy, which yeah. is what the, this this lot here, here is. Yeah, I've got the eighteen oh nine campaign, which, yeah. which is my other period with Austrians and yeah. uh, French. I did start doing some World War Two stuff, as you can see in yeah. Oh God, yeah, one forty eight scale. Um, but I found I'm just not got time. Yeah, I've had to sort of trim down what I do and concentrate on making a living. Making a living, <laughs> and yeah, I'd love to do lots of other stuff. But yeah, you've got to specialise. Yeah. When I, in this first bit in the introduction, um, I, I like to talk to people about um, something I've made up called the Venn diagram of wargaming, and that and that's. <laughs> Just break, trying to, people trying to break down how they fit into a, a number of categories because right. it seems, uh, although wargaming is a, is a hobby, there's lots of different people within that hobby. There's people like me who like to paint and collect more than gaming. So um, if you had to, if you were looking at wargamer, painter, collector, historian, which would be dominant in, in, in your personality? Or would they all fit together the I same? They all go in together. Yeah, um, I'm definitely a war game war gamer collector. Yeah, because um, I prefer nice units, well painted, rather than trying to get a mass. Yeah, mass done. I definitely enjoy gaming. I enjoy the historical side of it. Yeah. Um, what else was there? Uh, war gamer, painter, collector, and historian. Yeah, I think I'm in the middle. Yeah. Yeah. So definitely, it's not. Um, you're not all for the game. No. You're not all for the painting. No. It's a nice. Well, that's, that's, it, it, yeah. It all leads one to the other. Yeah. I enjoy the painting, but I need mm. one painting a unit to wargame with. Yeah. So it, it sort of leads. Yeah. One no, to that's the other. A, yeah. Because different people I've spoken to have come at it from different angles, and mm. some people have been very much about getting stuff on the table to game, mm-hmm. and the paint and collect is a chore. No, it's not two games. So, yeah. so you you're kind of a lover of absolutely all of it. Yeah, then. I but mean, I've, I mean, I've, you've seen the website. I've done my own set of war games rules. So it's yeah. it's uh, it's the whole it's the, the whole thing. thing. Yeah. Right. Well, that's that's great to hear. Um, one thing that we've got to talk about um, that probably won't be covered later on um, is the war games holiday centre. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's been mentioned quite a lot in in other podcasts I've done <laughs> and and. Uh, just just explain to people what you remember about the first time that you went there. Well, that's going back <laughs> the first time I, went, I think the first first time I went we did a, it was an American Civil War. It was a weekend. Yeah. At Thornley Dale. 
we did an American Civil War game. Um, I can remember you stayed in the house that Peter and yeah. his family lived in. Um, and it was an L-shaped table. <laughs> sort of six foot wide and it was yeah. sort of L-shaped to fit in the room in got. Um I can't even remember who else was there, to be honest. It was that, so, that far ago. So this is, this is before the, um, the, the, the shed in the garden one. With the, with the tables laid out like this. Yes, then. yes, this it's very much before. It was his first, first um, attempt at the Holy Centre. Yeah. Um, yeah, so that is... So roughly, what, what are we talking about? Late 70s, early 80s? Oh, God, no. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm terrible at dates. Um, I can't even remember when he started it. It was... It must have been within the first six months of when he started it. Yeah. And I can't remember when he started it. And it must have been. And how how did you how did you find out about it? I think I saw the advert in the magazine. Um, which magazine? It'll have been miniature war game, war games illustrated or miniature war games. Yeah. I can't remember the one. Yeah, is... I was trying to work out how before the days of the internet how yeah. people. Oh, found it, was out. it was definitely an advert. Yeah. yeah. Oh, that's brilliant. And. Um, are you in contact with people from that you've met with from the War Games Holiday Centre over the years still? Uh, yeah, a couple. Yes, yeah, mm. yeah. One of them, one of them comes here to War Game. Yeah, uh, quite regularly. A lot of friend, a lot of friendship seems to have grown up. Yeah. out of that, yeah. those meetings. Yeah. Um, so that just brings me on to the last little bit in this in this introduction. Um, what are you working on at the moment as a personal project? What's your what's your thing at the moment? I'm trying out some 40 mils. 40 mils? Yes. Right. <laughs> <laughs> ah, that's news. Yeah, well, uh, I'm just sort of... I prefer the larger figure, because my these collector series figures are more like 30, 35 yeah. mil rather than the traditional 28, 30. Yeah. And I'm just trying some 40s. Uh, fancy having a go at something a bit larger. Uh, are you designing those yourself? Yeah. yeah. Uh, any particular period? I've gone back to my original... Um, thing of Waterloo. Ah, so I'm just looking for a gap in the market and there's no 40 yeah. mils that, that I know of that for 1815 period. Yeah. So if, if I'm happy with it, I'll, mm. I'll continue it. Because uh, I think, uh, is it the Perry's that have brought some 40s? Perry's have got some, the, um, what's that American company? Sells everything in big bags. Uh, Old Glory? Old Glory, yeah. they do, they oh, yeah, do right, them. Okay. Yeah. I think Front Rank do some 40s as well. Yeah. Mm. Uh, yeah, because I've not, um, I've not really noticed. I, I've seen them, but it's not something that's perked mm. my interest yet. No. Usually, because I've got down to the bit where it says price. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm, I'm looking at it. Eyesight's going a bit. I need something a bit bigger. Yeah, but, yeah. <laughs> well, that's what's starting to creep into my head as well. I'm starting, uh, I've, I've gone through the oh, six are a bit small, ten are a bit small, 50, yeah. and now I'm, I'm 28. So that's what I'm still painting most of. Yeah, I'm starting to think. Mm. <laughs> Maybe something a little bit bigger. <laughs> well, that's been a fantastic little chat and introduction there. So thanks very much for that. And uh, let's take a quick break for the audience, and then uh, we'll come back in a second. Yeah, okay. Okay, so we're back for our normal second section, and uh, this is where we talk about big games. And that's the whole reason for this podcast is uh, is big games. So, um, Pete, we're we're in a we're in a war games room with a fifteen foot table. So you clearly like the big game. I do. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, 
if, if somebody says big game, what, what does that picture does that bring in your mind? It brings the holy centre to mind <laughs> again. Yeah, um, that sort of. Although I've reduced it because you find that even at the holy centre, you're still playing with the same amount of figures as you would do in a place like this. Yeah. So it's it's just a matter of scale. Uh, we get about four to six people in here. Uh, so it's more of a of a collective group of smaller games. It can break down to something. Yes, yes, it's within the same battle. Um, and what what kind of what kind of then is the drive for you to go for the bigger games rather than breaking this table down into four six by fours and playing smaller games? I like to see big units on a big table. Yeah, I like to put. I like to see the whole division. Yeah, uh, not just fighting with a battalion. Yeah, um, it's just the aesthetics. Yeah, I just love the look. Mm. Um, and finding a war game, set of war games rules that works, that show, that utilises what you've got. Mm. Um, figure wise, you know, it just so we're, floats we're, my boat. We're sat, we're sat here and we're looking at, at some of your units then, and um, everything here is twenty eight mil, um, which yeah. is which, which is great for for us. We we love a bit of twenty eight <laughs> mil, um, and. Um, you figure your battalions are what sort of size? Um, they vary from thirty to the 32s there up to forty eights. I think there's a there's a sixty or fifty there. Yeah, there's, so, there's, a, there's a lot of things yeah, on that yeah. one. <laughs> I think that's a forty eight. Yeah, yeah. I, I tend to use a figure scale of one to fifteen. Right. War games rules, basically, because when you look at the all bats, uh, I was looking looking at a thirty six man. French unit yeah. at twenty one to twenty yeah. comes out too strong. Right. If you do it at one to fifteen, it, they work at the average ah, size. They work. It's not. It's just that. Yeah. Um, and, and these these unit sizes then, uh, and your cavalry there were looking at twenty four. That's a thirty two. Thirty two. Sorry, yeah. Yeah. I need to get my glasses on the car. Thirty two. I like to I like to look at the orbats yeah. and get the actual size of the units yeah. involved. That's the thirty-two unit. Yeah. <coughs> the second unit in the brigade, excuse me, is only eighteen. Yeah. So I like variation mm. of si unit size yeah. on the table, and I like to see them all the same size, um, which also provides a tactical problem when you come up a big up to a big unit, yeah. or you've got a small unit or a number of small units trying to get through hold back a, a big yeah. one. Um, yeah, I think um, having having large units, you get to to understand that difficulty of um, getting it through a, a gap in a fence. You or, do, yeah. Um, between two buildings, or yeah. uh, and there's always there's always a stand at the end who doesn't quite <laughs> doesn't quite fit. Uh, yeah. yeah, so um, I, I, I'm sure it is. It, it, we're influenced here by Grand Manor rules. Yes, definitely. Yeah? Yes, and it, is that something that you still Use for I use my own rules now, ah, right, which okay. are based on Grand yeah. Manor. I've sort of evolved them. Grand Manor were good for people going to Holy Centre who don't understand the rules properly, yeah. and they're, they're quite basic and mm. they're easy to pick up on. Yeah. But after a while, you you can see what's happening. You can yeah. you, okay. you know yeah. exactly what's going to happen. So, so there's no jeopardy, jeopardy, yeah, jeopardy. 
There's no one. <laughs> I think he was magic roundabout. <laughs> <wasn't it? laughs> so I've in, in, introduced a bit more command and control. Yeah. A um, bit more um, variation in various factors. So, so you get you, mm. you've got to allow for things going wrong. That's, that's or, interesting. That, that, that is interesting because um, are these been published then? Or is yes. This, yeah. yeah oh, right. Right. Okay. Yeah. Well, do, do you plug them? What are they called? <laughs> Controlling the chaos. Controlling the chaos. Ah, right. I have to keep. I have to look at them then. Yeah. Because um, uh, um, a lot of my friends still play Grandman mm-hmm. and it, with a um, modification. Yeah. Um, but the one, the one big thing that was always missing for me, as you've just described there, is that um, overall command. And what I think is termed in modern days as friction, yeah. um, things can go wrong. You can, you know, your orders might not work. Yeah. So how how have you modified? How how have you introduced that into your order? The command, when in the grand manner, if you had a general within, um, I think it's eighteen inches, yeah. you get a plus on your yeah on your morale factor. In mine, you've got to have your general make face contact with a particular unit. Yeah. Now, the general's also got an ADC, or two or three, depending yeah. on... How good he is, yeah. What, 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 where he is in the, in the chain. The ADC can also give... Because um, ah, right. it's all... I'm thinking, I'm to a Napoleonic battlefield, full of smoke and what's happening. The battalion will only be noticing what's around it, not yeah. 18 inches, which is going to be in the scale two, 300 yards away. Yeah. So he's got to be in personal contact. Mm. Um, the gamer then has got the choice, do I put the general with that unit and the ADC with the other one? Cause then yeah. Or he can put the ADC all with one unit if he's in trouble, if that yeah. unit's in trouble, yeah. and it increases the morale factor. But yeah. there's also a chance of them getting shot. Yeah. <laughs> and taken, taken out for a few yeah. moves, you know. It's, so there's so a bit of risk involved. Yeah, you've, got, a to, risk you've got to weigh things up. Oh, that's interesting, interesting to know. I shall, I shall work it way out. <laughs> um, and um, is it a social activity for you, the bigger game? Yes, yes, yeah. yeah. Enjoy the company, yep. Yeah. Yeah. I think, I think yeah. that's, uh, it's great to have a group of friends that... Yeah, that's part of it, isn't it? That's part yeah. of it, yeah. And is it, is it the same people who come here and game? Gen- generally, gen- yeah, yeah. Generally. I've got somebody else who's interested, another figure painter who says, you know, when you start up, let me, let yeah, me know. So know. He's a nice lad. I enjoy getting on with them. Yeah, I don't like war game with. When you go to the holiday centre, you war game with whoever's there, yes. or you did initially, and there's yes. some. Yeah. Um, so I enjoy gaming with equally minded people. Yes, uh, I think I think that's a, that's a quite an, an interesting uh, point because I game at my house, and mm. I've got not quite as big as this, but I've got a similar setup, and the people. It, it's different to gaming with somebody. At the War Games Holiday Centre, who you don't know, yeah, it's different to gaming with somebody at a competition mm-hmm. who you might not want to know. Yeah. <laughs> sometimes it can get a bit gaming, a bit competitiony. Yeah, um, and um, you, at the end of the day, you're inviting these people into your house, aren't you? Yes. So there's kind of a bit of a vetting going on before they come in. <laughs> Now, as, as people who know on the podcast and know me, um, I've got a rather large German Shepherd who's quite good at vetting. <laughs> He's not walked out with anybody's arm yet. No, but, but come, come close. The, the danger's there. The danger's there if 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 we get any uh, any gamer types uh, in, which I don't think we would to be honest. Um, so, if you had to, if you needed to define a big game, 
that would be something you could do with, with a table size? Or? Um, I think it's how the, the units are presented. Yeah. I think the big game is you've got big units. Yeah. doesn't matter how many you've got. But it's the, the size of the unit represents the big game. Ah, yes, no, that's a, that that is a good one. I like that. Yeah. Because um, on on um, on other podcasts, I've, I've um, the criticism of twenty eight mil recently has been that um, the battalions look like a, a colour party, i.e., a couple of blokes with flags and twelve figures. Well, we're, we're not doing that here, no, are we? No, we're no, not doing no, that here. No. <laughs> and we're not doing that at Yorkshire Gamer either. So uh, for all those listeners out there, we don't do 12-figure units with a couple no. of flags. We we do a lot bigger than that. So uh, we, can, mean, uh, we I, can scratch that one off. I even contemplated doing 1 to 10 for me, 1796 stuff. My, what size would you have gone to with that? 60, 70-odd oh. figures in a unit. It's just time yeah. painting these things. I mean, they, I did start off like that, but I've chopped them down a bit now. Yeah, that would um, that would take a long time. <laughs> do, you, do you find with with bigger units that it can get to be a little bit of a grind to get the last base finished? It depends on. I mean, I, I used to paint the whole unit all in one go. Yeah, which can be a bit of a grind. Yeah, I've now started to split them into two. Right, and paint them in two, so two twenty man. Yeah. So are you? Uh, do you do you do all the boots on twenty or trout or? Clothes on twenty, all the yeah. facings production, on twenty. Production, production ah, yeah. right, okay. No, that's it. Yeah. Um, because I, I struggle to do more than eight at a time. But mm. I mean, I'm doing a thirty-six odd man unit now, and I'm doing it all in one go. Yeah. Um, Dedication. <laughs> I found it easier. You just, yeah, you could sit there. It's, it's, it's um, relaxing. You just, yeah, do this bit and this bit. I can fit it in around other things. Yeah. I know I've got to do that stage. I'll do that. Yeah. Away and do no, it's, it's interesting as a painter to speak to other painters about mm. how what they're taking. There's a, there's a lad, um, Gareth uh, Lane, in the first episode, and, and he um, does huge batches in one go. He'll do 60 or 70 figures in one go. Uh, and he, he's, um, we, we, we got that down to him being ex-military and just having the discipline right. to go, I'm going to do 60... Um, canteens on these figures <laughs> <laughs> and when I've done that I'll go and get a cup of tea where, yeah. whether, whereas I would go I've done six <laughs> let's put them to one side and <laughs> move on from there so you you can keep pushing through those yeah. those uh, and yeah. get... put something you know I've got a um, a video thing I can put a talk, talking book on or, yeah. or something and just yeah, away, yeah. Uh, podcasts are very good yes <laughs> Just get my plug in there yeah. while, we're, while we're on. Um, and um, have you dabbled? Uh, we've talked about bigger scales. Have you dabbled with anything smaller? When I was very early in the st- my wargaming career, I did dabble with 15s. Yeah. I did dabble with 6s. <laughs> but not to any great extent. Yeah. I just couldn't. It's the painting that's. You know, I need to be able to paint the figure nicer. Yeah. So, so the, the the size of the unit and the look of the unit is driving you on to yes. paint those bigger scales, uh, and um, I certainly get that. And yeah. I think the vast majority of people who listen to this do. Uh, certainly, the feedback that I've had from people listening to these podcasts are, "Oh, I love painting twenty eight mil," and I'll sit and I'll <laughs> listen to you chatting on uh, while I'm painting. So, yeah. if you're out there painting twenty eight mil, good on you. Yeah. Good on you. Um. I'm sure you'll have thousands of these, but let's let's see if we can p- 
pick out a few big games that you've played that kind of stick in your memory for for, for whatever reason. Right, we did a, we did the Battle of Waterloo mm. at um, the it was the Scarborough when you moved to Scarborough the big the big, yeah. the big one the big shed and they had the games from the Birmingham War Games Centre down oh, the right. War Games yeah. group down and they were on the other side <laughs> and um, I was out I think I was on the right somewhere but they just came in with the guard straight away the, the guard just went straight, straight <laughs> up the middle straight over the ridge by yeah. sort of mid-afternoon it was over you know they just yeah. came straight over the top yeah that always sticks in me uh, <laughs> in my mind have you been sat there looking <laughs> yeah i've been sat there's not a lot going on over here so I'm, i've just come over and looked look to see yeah. what's going on in the middle and there's all this guard coming over yeah and yeah. um that that part of the big game is something that i i enjoy um is that sense of um place within a larger game of playing your little bit yeah. and then not as a as that brigade commander would be or divisional commander or whatever role you're taking he wouldn't have an effing clue what's no. going on half half a mile two miles away no. you know if you're down at Papillot what's going on at Lahey saying I don't know where is it <laughs> <laughs> exactly yeah and you, you, kind of, just, you sort of cause, because if there's not a lot going on the, the bit where the action's going on takes a lot longer so you're wandering around looking to see what's going on yeah you know, it's, yeah, it's, it's kind of like, oh, I'm just going to get on my horse. I'm just going to get on my horse and go have a look <laughs> over there. What's going on? So that, that, that one, do you have any more that you can think of? Um, just so many. It's, it's just, it's, they, all, they all mingle into, into the one after a while. Yeah. Um, so how, how often would you go up to? I, I used to go up as, as much as I could. Once once a, once every two months, something like that. Oh, right. Okay. Yeah, so I used to regular. Yeah. Yeah, and um, once I got the figures painted, he wanted. Ah, right, okay, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Trouble is, he'd, he'd get them and then he'd sell them as soon as he'd got them. Cheeky. Yeah, Cheeky. somebody'd come up and offer him loads of money, and was that Pete or Pete, Jerry? Pete. Pete. Yeah. So how long? How long did you go to the holiday centre for then? I went. I mean, the last time I, I think I went up was when when Peter died, because mm. he arranged um, a, like a farewell game, if you like. Yeah. Um, I think it was an American Civil War game, if I remember rightly. So with all the people he knew, yeah, like David Thomas from the trade stand and various other yeah. gamers, we, we all went up for the, for the last uh, mm. for the last game, and he just sat and watched in a wheelchair. Mm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah. I think that was the last time I went up to Jerry's. Yeah, I think so. <laughs> I might have, I might have been one one time after because I can remember. A TV crew wanted to interview me, but it's never happened. I was a bit camera shy, so <laughs> <laughs> there's no cameras here today, yeah. so we're all right with that. Yeah. Um, and have you have you had somewhere to get a big game fix since, or has, has everything been done? I here? do everything here, really. Yeah, yeah. I, I, like I say, I, <coughs> I do suffer from migraine, so I don't travel much yeah. at the moment. So I tend to do everything here. Uh, have you been? In, are you involved in the club scene at all? Are you no, in the local no, club? No. I used to. I used to early on. I used to go to the Doncaster club, um, but the, it it didn't have what I want. I, I like nice scenery. Yes. In the game and nice figures, they used to war game on the snooker table with a cloth over it. Right. <laughs> so, yeah. so it didn't. It didn't. Um, and it was either medieval or one two one two eight five scale modern, yeah. which wasn't my uh, my yeah. thing. So I didn't go for many months. Yeah. And and how do you, how big a thing do you think is terrain in a in a bigger game? 
I think it's very important. Yeah. Yeah. I, uh, the whole look of the thing. If yeah. the terrain's wrong, yeah, it's no good. It's no good how good the figures are. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> very, very true. And have you um, have you ever been involved in putting games on at shows? Yes, you have. And yeah, you we, we used to. We put a few demo games on when I, you know, when I used to go around the trade shows. Yeah, but they're not exactly games. You just sit yeah. there and talk to people, move a few figures, and the people yeah. come and talk. Yeah. Have you ever? Have you ever done a smaller like skirmish type game or yeah. no? They just don't. Yeah. Do. Oh. <laughs> I mean, you're, speak, you're speaking to the right man <laughs> yeah. because I've openly admitted many times on this podcast uh, and and swear word coming up. I am absolutely shit at skirmish gaming. I tell a lot. I tell a lot. I, ha- I have done one skirmish game. It's when I went to America to visit my American agent, oh, and he right, did yeah. a skirmish game yeah. on a on a green baize table. Yeah. And, well, no, no, it doesn't. It doesn't. <laughs> it doesn't uh, float my boat. I'm afraid. The nearest thing I do to skirmish, I suppose, is World War Two. Yeah. Uh, I've done some rapid fire with um, Colin Mumford. Yeah, um, but not, I mean that because Colin, Colin's from Hallway, isn't yeah, he? Yeah, yeah. yeah not I mean that that is, if you like, a big game in World War Two, isn't it? Yeah. Um, so just before we draw this this section of the bigger game to a close, um, I don't know how much you follow the war games industry and, and the trends and all that sort of stuff, um, but big games have kind of gone out of fashion, and we seem to be in a. Ten figures aside, skirmish game on a two-foot table, which is kind of not what this podcast is about. Yeah. Um, but it, it, it's an introduction into the game. But um, people I've spoken to are wary about a big game, and it's all I can't do it because I'm not space. Or um, is there anything that you could say to uh, somebody newish into the hobby to encourage them to maybe aspire to go through a big? Well, the big game, I suppose, is putting them off, Yeah. really. I mean, my definition of a big game is nice big units, but you don't have to have a big table. Yeah. Um, I've set my rules up so that they can be played with a small amount of units. Yeah. Put in a big game format. Yeah. So there's... there's I was, so suppose that big game title yeah. is putting them off because yeah. you need space. You don't. You can have a... I suppose you can have a six-foot square table and have a, a reasonable game on it. Yeah. Uh, as long as the rules are cope with it yeah and and um i, I think when when people see it i think i think people you know if, if anyone came in here and sat down and looked at these figures they'd go you know what i want to do that yes <laughs> that's 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 how i used to be yeah i used to sit down and think that's what i want to do i want to do that yeah and now i'm doing it yeah brilliant <laughs> i'm still i'm not always happy with what i've done so i'm still aiming higher yeah all the time so well, uh, thank you very much for that. Um, lovely chat on the big game. Okay. And uh, we'll come back in a minute. Um, you're not worried about this quiz, are you? <laughs> <laughs> I hope not. <laughs> everyone, everyone is. Uh, you're not the only one. Okay. Uh, we'll be back shortly. Okay. Hello, everyone, and uh, welcome back to the third section. And this is the section that is particularly liked by uh, the listeners. And not so much by the guests. <laughs> um, so, uh, the usual disclaimer before we start, that uh, this is a test of how Yorkshire gamer you are, and um, any answers given may not necessarily be right or wrong, uh, it's just whether you agree with me. 
and uh, being from Yorkshire, that means that I'm always right. And as we've got two Yorkshiremen in the room, oh no, not the Yorkshireman, just somebody who lives in Yorkshire. Where are you from then, Pete? Um, I was born in um, Woking. In Woking, oh. But my father, my natural father, is yeah. American. All oh, right. And my natural mother's English, so... Um, just... But I've been here since I was 12. Ah, right, OK. Uh, and I'm a Yorkshireman like myself, because yes. I, I, was, I was, as I've said on this podcast before, I was born in Cheshire, so oh, right. I, uh, I've got my honorary Yorkshireman <laughs> badge after 30 years in the county. Um, so uh, there's no right or wrong, um, as we say to the kids today, there's, you can't possibly fail. Right. And um, it's just a, there, there will either be um, one answer or the other, so I'll give you two choices and you go for yeah. one, um, and, um, or a yes or no. Mm-hmm. There's no 10,000 word theses on Bavarian flags of the 1813 <laughs> campaign or anything like that. So uh, it's just uh, a, little bit, a little bit of a laugh and a joke and see how we get on. So are you ready to go? <laughs> yep, ready. Um, so first question is go big or go home? <laughs> go big. Go big. <laughs> uh, contrast paints, are they great or are they a gimmick? Oh, gimmick. Gimmick. Um, some of these questions have um, local bias introduced into them, and you may notice this in this particular question. Um, paintbrushes, uh, Windsor and Newton, or Yorkshire-made pro art? <laughs> Windsor and Newton, as, oh. I use, as, I use, as I use them. <laughs> um, 96 figures, does that mean an army to you or a pipe block? Pipe block. Uh, six by four table. Is that a big game or a small game? Small. Um, if you're choosing to do a battle, would you use points to set it up, or would you use an art, historical order of battle? Historical. Ah, we're getting some secrets here, painting wise. Um, when you're painting, do you use a wet palette or an old bit of MDF to mix your paints? I use a plastic tray. Plastic tray, no, that's that's good, that's good. I'll give you half a point for that. As long as you're off the wet palette, because I've I've got some issues with that. They're all right for growing growing cress. Yes. To put in your... But apart from that. Um, When you undercoat figures, are you black or white? White. White. Uh, Another biased question. Um, Do you drink Yorkshire tea or dirty mucky coffee? Both. Both. (laughs) Um, I think I know the answer to this one, but I'm going to ask it. Uh, <laughs> War Games units, do you like the figures tightly packed or socially distanced? Tightly packed. Tightly packed. You've got a choice of a game. Do you choose a two-hour evening game or a weekend monster game? Weekend monster game. Um, this is the uh, Nick Skinner, Two Fat Lardies um, question. Avocado, is it just posh mushy peas? <laughs> yes. yes. <laughs> We've we've got the southerner out of you. If you if you know that avocados, are just, the only place that avocados aren't posh, bushy peas in Yorkshire is Harrogate. Yeah, that's that's yeah. the only place. Um, spherical dice, round dice, are they allowed or banned? Banned. Banned. Excellent. We've got a national campaign going. Um, this might go over your head. This question, but I'm asking it. Uh, would you pay thirty three pence for a communist? No. <laughs> no. Excellent. I'll, I'll explain that one in a minute. Okay. Um, do you like a good table and a set of rules? And by that I mean like a casualty table or a factor table or something like that. 
28 mil is king, yes or no? Yes. Excellent. We're on the same wavelength here. Um, unpainted miniatures allowed on the table? No, yes or no, no, no. no, no, no. Uh, deal breaker question, and for the audience, I am wearing a Bradford City top. Uh, Bradford City or Leeds United? <laughs> I did used to support Leeds United. <laughs> oh dear, there's always one. Um, easy question, um, Yorkshire or the other place over the hill? Yorkshire. Yorkshire. And uh, GW, are they the work of the devil? Final question. Great Games Workshop. Oh, what was the, what was the choice? Are, are they the work of the devil? Yes, yes. yes. Excellent. One, two, three. Eighty uh, percent. Well, that's right. Well, that's not too bad at all. Quite happy with that. Yeah. That'll put you in joint third place. Uh, and there's quite a few. There's quite a few um, eminent people in third place, including um, a professor of medieval Scottish history. So you are you are you are doing quite well, um, and um, the, the leader at the moment is still Richard Harris on ninety percent, and he's from Yorkshire, right. and he failed because he's a Leeds United fan. Oh and right, that was okay. a question he got wrong. So we've so I hope that wasn't too strenuous. No, that's fine. <laughs> right, we'll be back in a second when we're going to talk about elite miniatures. Okay, we're on to the big topic uh, now, and um, we've been kindly invited down to the, the home of Elite Miniatures. Um, so I suppose the first question then, Pete, the obvious question is, what's the history of Elite Miniatures? How did it start? It started with, uh, obviously, Holiday Centre again, yeah. seeing what Peter Gilder did, and mm. I thought I wanted to be able to do that. Yeah. Um, so I gave it a go, mm. and I'd, I'd been converting figures for a while, yeah. but never actually made a full figure. So I thought I'd give it a go. Um, Peter gave me a few pointers and took my, well, the second figure I ever made went into Elite Miniatures. Yeah. Um, talked a lot, lot to Peter about it. He, I made figures for Peter. Yeah. I did all his Spanish, in his connoisseur, mm. he did all his Spanish figures. A few bits and pieces for his French. Um, I, I've heard since after he died that he was interested in getting me to work, you know, Coming to console figures. Oh, nice. Um, there was talk about me doing a lot more work for him, um, but I wanted to work, be my own boss, yeah. work for myself. Um, so I didn't go down that route, mm. uh, which <laughs> leads me to this. Yeah. So how how was how was how Elite Miniatures progressed over the years? Then, so you've you, you've gone from kind of being alongside Peter and, and connoisseur miniatures, and then you've yeah, I. Initially, I started doing Napoleonics, yeah, but Napoleonics that Peter didn't do. Yeah. I didn't want to. I didn't want to um, be a, a opposite. To, you know, mm. competitive with him. Yeah. Um, so I did the eighteen oh six period. Yeah. Eighteen oh five period, and obviously built it up from there. Added mm. added more period. You know, more Napoleonics mainly done some mm. Seven Years' War. Yeah. Um, it's it's a vast. Period to cover, so there's <laughs> yeah, lots to do, yeah. um, and built it up from there. Yeah. So for for the um, for for the people listening, um, I haven't got a clue how you would make a figure. Okay, I've, I've been involved in wargaming for forty years, and all that time is as a painter, and, yeah. and 
and people who know me know I'm absolutely crap at modelling. These new plastic figures, I've got holes in them everywhere. <laughs> well, they paint up all right, yeah. so that's what, yeah. that's what matters. Um, so what, what, what's the process then from the idea of having a figure to actually getting yeah. it into production? My process works. I, 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 think, I, I think about the unit that's going to be in yeah. first, um, and I look at a lot of paintings. Mm. I do like to look at to get that sort of look. Yeah. Um, so I pick out figures from paintings. I thought oh, I want to do that pose. Or I want to do that pose. Mm. Then I use a um, see if I've got an old figure that's similar. Yeah. In shape, and then I can yeah. cut it and bend it, uh, trim it right down. Yeah. So it's just a frame. Yeah. And then I build up the the figure from the feet. Right. Upwards. <laughs> um, in in milliput. Yeah, um, sculpture it. And do you have? Do you have? Um, I think they're called dollies. The... That 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 would be the metal frame. Right, underneath. that'd be the dolly. Yeah. Um, I did. I did. I have done it a few times where you can make a dolly, put everything on it apart from the arms and the head, mm. and then you can change its position. Yeah. To make a different figure, but it, they tend to look a bit wooden. Yeah. I like a bit more movement and. Yeah. So I, t- I like to design the figure from scratch. Right, so you're not kind of bolting on stuff to a not ge- base. Not generally. Not generally. You can, you, can, you, can, you, can, you can do the initial master of what you're aiming for, Yeah. but then you can see, oh, that will do as a something else if yeah. I just change this bit or just put different arms on it. Yeah. But generally, I, I don't like... Dollies, yeah. as, as such. <laughs> and it is, is um, I mean, it's quicker yeah. using dollies. Yeah. But depends what you're aiming for. Exactly. Yeah. And um, milliput, is that just ordinary milliput? Or is it a fine milliput? Or? Just the, the basic, basic yeah. milliput, the uh, grey, 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 green. Grey, green one. Yeah, because yeah. it's like a silver. I t- fine. I try, I've tried the fine stuff, but it yeah. comes out white and you can't yeah. see. The detail is ah, yeah, well. You're sculpting. You can, yeah. it's, it's too bland. Yeah, I like a bit. Of, you need a bit of definition. Yeah, shadow and what have you. Yeah. to be able to see <laughs> what you do. To, yeah. to be able to see what you're doing. Rather than just looking at a white blob. <laughs> yeah. Um, so what's the what's the sculptor's tools of trade then? What, what's... My favourite tool comes from a manicure set. Does it? Yeah, it's, 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 a, it's a little cuticle thing or whatever it, yeah. whatever it's called. I use that on nearly everything. Yeah. I've got some dentist tools. Yeah. Um, which most sculptors use, I think, at some yeah. point. And would that be the tools that they would use to like pack in fillings and that sort of thing? Yeah, yeah. There's there's various scrapers and mm. pointers and yeah. ones with needles on and things. Yeah. yeah. And um, how long does it take you to do a figure then? If you start start from scratch, oh, it can take a week. Yeah. Because or more because you're doing a little bit. Yeah. Then you've got to put it under the heat lamp to dry. Right. Because you don't want to put your finger on it and yeah. damage what you've already done. <laughs> Fantastic face. <laughs> yeah. So it's, it's, I'll do one foot, the yeah. boot, and perhaps the gator, yeah. around the ankles. Yeah. And then I'll put it under the lamp to dry. And yeah. then, I'm working on about five or six figures at the same time. Yeah. Um, so I'll give them sort of half an hour or so to dry and come back yeah. and do the next foot and yeah. work up with the trousers and the waistcoat mm. and jacket. And within each and within each individual figure, um, just looking at some of these that we've we've got on the table here in front of us, um, we've got French infantry firing, for example. You've got different head types. Um, and 
are they? Do, do you purchase them individually, or do you make them as like part of a code? And there's a mix. With there's them, right? a. I sell my twenty eights in a pack of four. Yeah. So you 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 buy a pack of four. With those, the ones you're particularly yeah. looking at, there'd be four different figures in each pack. Right. They'd all be standing firing, but there'd be various poses, or yeah. they'd be standing loading, there'd be various yeah. poses, so you can get a variety in the unit. Yeah. And is that something that you you look for when you're doing these figures? Um, do you have a, a, a number of poses within a pose, if you see what I mean? French fire and infantry will have how many figures? Um I do for the collector series because that's yeah. for my own personal collection. Yeah. For the standard ranges, I don't. There are some packs that have variation yeah. in them, um, but yeah. generally no. Yeah. Um, it's, it's time. It takes a lot longer yeah. to do four Four-time. figures than it does one. So. Yeah. Um, and do you, do you find that um, as as people's tastes in figures over the years changed because. Um, if we look back to the older one, older figures, um, it tended to be one pose throughout the battalion and then a drummer, a couple of standard bearers and yeah. an officer. Yeah. Whereas now, um, so I'm looking across at some of the, the French figures and the Hessians. The Hessians, yeah. 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 Um, they're kind of, they're, they're one-ish pose altogether. There's two poses in two there. Two poses in there. But you mix them up and yeah. twist them around and they, yeah. they look... Uh, whereas with with the the French line that we're looking at there, that's um, I don't think there's not many figures the same. <laughs> there is with that particular one. There's actually five different poses: standing, yeah. firing, five yeah. loading, um, and, then, and four four yeah. dead. <laughs> and people who people who, so when people come to you, then are they, are they mostly wanting the all one pose look, or are they going for the mixed? Let's call it ragged look. They, I think most of them like the one pose or yeah. one or two pose look. Yeah. Because um, quite a few of them will buy a lot. Yes. And send them off to painters. Right. So they are, I think they're gamers mm. rather than collectors like yeah. who like variation and nice units. Mm. They're building up mass rather yeah. than... Uh, Variety. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's interesting to know. Um, is there particular pose that's harder to do than others? Um, not necessarily the pose. It's, it's, it's working out whether the pose will work in the mould. Right. That's the problem. Yeah. It's bayonets and swords that yeah. don't always come out. Right. Um, so it's not necessarily the pose. Well, I suppose it is the pose, but it's working out whether it's going to work in the mould and you think you've got it. Yeah. And it still doesn't. Still doesn't work it, in the mould. It can change from mould to mould. Yeah. You can do one mould with a certain pose and then change yeah. the heads, say, to put bicords on like with those, yeah. and it works better in the second mould. Right. Than it does in the first mould. Yeah. Don't know why. Don't know why. <laughs> <laughs> Try a bit of trial and error. Yeah. yeah. It does a world of good. Yeah. Um, so do you, do you do the whole process then? Do you make the moulds and, and do the casting and... Yes, yes, I'm a one-man band. One man I band. do everything myself. Have you not got a little mini and no, do all that uh, sort of stuff? I don't, I don't want the responsibility of keeping somebody else working. <laughs> no worries at all. Um, how, how long do you spend researching figures or ranges then, if you, if you do something new? Um, well, obviously, you can see, we've got a lot of books here. Yeah. Um, I generally know, by now, yeah. I know basically what most uniforms look like, especially the Napoleonic. So, 
researching individual uniforms takes you know, a couple of hours, say, yeah. just to make sure I've got bits and pieces right. Yeah. Uh, but generally, not too long. Right. And, um, do, do you suffer from people contacting you all the time saying that you've got th- three buttons on that one, you should have four? <laughs> uh, not too bad, no, no. <laughs> No, there's, there's there's a few on Instagram occasionally, but no, yeah. no. Um, not too bad. No. So, um, social media wise, then um, it's, it's obviously the big thing now. You, you're on Instagram, aren't you? I've seen some new stuff yeah, on there. Yeah, I've been on there recently. Yeah. Um, and I, I, I don't know what I've done on there recently, but I've gone from it took me ages, like three years, to get a thousand followers, mm-hmm. and I've got another thousand in less than a couple of months. And I, and I, You're more than me then. <laughs> and I've, I've, I've not done Morris dancing or anything like yeah. that. I've not done anything other than just put pictures of painted figures up. Yeah. So I've got no idea. I don't know how it works either. I, I, I seem to get a lot of people not doing the same thing as I'm doing. Yeah. It's, it's, it's odd. Yeah. Yeah. It's, you'd, it's, you'd have thought you'd get similar people with similar interests. Yeah. I think I found with it's like attention spans. People on Instagram. Are, they very, very rarely, if you put something underneath, they very, very rarely read it. Whereas on Twitter, you get a little bit more interaction with the reading. And then on Facebook, you get more. Mm. And then a blog post or a website, people are going to that and spending time reading yeah. it. So it can be it can be a different um, experience on each one. Yeah. Um, Elite Miniatures got a website? Yes. Yeah. yeah um, EliteMonitures.co.uk, I yep. suggested. Yeah. Uh, brilliant. Um is most of your business done through that now, through the website? Yes. Yeah. Yes, it will be, yeah. Um, you, you used to get quite a few callers, but callers, obviously before the, yeah. before the, the shutdown, yeah. you used to get callers, they'll phone up, say what they want, because yeah. I tend to cast to order. I don't right. keep a lot of stock, because it's yeah. just wasting money on, yeah. on the shelf. Um, so I'd phone up and yeah. order what they want, and then I'll get, make sure it's cast up for when they're coming up. Oh, so they'll drop drop like over. Some and, do, uh, yeah. Oh, not many nowadays. Yeah. It used to be a bit more. Yeah. A few years ago. Yeah. Uh, but it's near. It's nearly all mail order. And... So, um, have you? I, I don't think you are at the moment. But have you been part of the show scene, packing up all your stuff in a van and going around the country? Yes, I did that for many <laughs> years. <laughs> so, when, when what sort of era was that then? This is. It uh, is ninety nine. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and. What I think I know what the answer is going to be. What kind of led to you stopping doing that? I had I had one show. Yeah, it was really bad. I, thought, I spent two weeks casting all this stuff up for this yeah. show, and I was. Um, it was a really bad show. I thought this is a waste of time. <laughs> <laughs> um, and obviously, I can't travel as much. Yeah. at the moment, um, so I just thought, I'd, yeah, I, I could spend that time getting more stuff out. Yeah. yeah. Because I, I think um, for people listening, they don't quite realise as a business the overheads that go into going to a show. Oh, yeah, yeah. There's Obviously, there's the cast of the stand. Yeah. And you lose. Like I say, I was casting for two weeks mm. just to get stock ready for the show. Yeah. And then you have a bad show. <laughs> and you're left with a pile of stock. Well, you can throw it back in the melting pot and melt it down, but you still spent the time yeah. getting it ready. Yeah. Um, and you... I spent the weekend there, or the week, the, the day there. Yeah. Um, so, did you have your own van, or did you hire a van, or how? 
Uh, I'll just get it all in the car. Oh, right, okay. <laughs> nice big car. Yeah, yeah, big car, yeah. yeah. Made sure it all fitted together and slotted down. And, yeah. yeah. And um, did you find that that, would, that brought you new business going to the shows? It, it did, because you have, you have the contact over the, yeah. over, the, over the stand of customers, and you see the regulars coming in yeah. every time. Yeah. Yeah, so that was nice. Yeah, and you were able to... Kind of chatting into yeah. people, and you st- you st- I still get that now. You, you get yeah. you get those same customers folded up, and you still get the chat. Yeah, uh, yeah. Oh, that's 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 good to hear. Um, production pr- processes have changed over the years, most uh, notably in the last five or six years, probably, with the introduction of things like resin, um, plastic, three um, D printing. Mm-hmm. Um, is that something that you've looked at? Is it something you've considered? Um, I did try. There's a company in Rotherham that did some scanning and yeah. printing in plastic. Mm. I took some figures down there to see how it would work out. Yeah. The detail wasn't very good, so yeah. I haven't taken. I have got a 3D printer, little one, yeah. uh, and scanner, which I've not used yet. Yeah. Um, I've had it a while. I've not <laughs> used it. The computer went down. I had yeah. to get that repaired, and I've lost all the programming. But yeah. I don't know. Yeah. I don't. I don't like. The material, yeah. Part of my enjoyment is the is being in metal. I like the, the yeah. feel of the metal. Yeah. Um, is it? I mean, with um, with plastic, I believe it's quite expensive, isn't it? With all the tools to set up, yeah, yeah. Um, so I think you you you've got to more or less guarantee a, a certain level mm. of sales to to make that worth investing yeah. in. Um, three D printing, I'm, I'm still not convinced on it. I have to say. I mean, I mean, I've done some work for Colin. He's done some plastic figures, right? Um, and I've seen his original masters. Yeah, and they're about this big, right? And they're shrunk down <laughs> to that size to yeah. for him to one ten, uh, twenty mil. Yeah, to get them in the mould, right? But I can't. Yeah, <laughs> you, so you get a musket yeah. of that size. You've got to get it right to get to when you come down to twenty mil, right? As it's just going to be a spindle. Yeah, and it's going to snap off. Yeah, yeah. It's, yeah. it's um, is it is it something that is it something that worries you um, that somebody could maybe scan one of your figures and, and start printing them? Up? Well, I've never never cons- considered it before. Mm. Um, I suppose it, it is a bit of a worry. I think I think yeah. I think there's a lot of traditional gamers out there who um, like this. Yeah. and like the metal, and, yeah. and will continue to buy it. Yeah. Um, I just wondered whether it was something that you considered as a uh, as a, a challenge going forward, 3D print? Or are you quite happy that you've got a customer base that are going to... I'm quite happy at the moment. Yeah. I've been keeping an eye on the 3D print, because they're, they're now printing in metal. Right, okay, I've not seen um, that. <laughs> the people who I bought this yeah. printer, I keep sending me the um, information, and they, they do... I don't know what what kind of metal it is, but yeah. they they do say they can print in metal. But mm. maybe it'll come. Yeah, I don't know. It's quite a as as I understand it. I've got a couple of friends who do some. Um, it's quite an extensive time process to produce one figure. That that's the thing that would slow it down. Is mm. the, it's the physical printing, whereas I can cast a mold full of figures. Yeah. In, Couple of seconds, yeah. Where a printer's got to come to you, go to sleep, you go on holiday, yeah. and then you come back and you've got 10 figures. Yeah, that, yeah. that would that would obviously block anybody doing it, yeah, um, as a business, yeah. I think. And 
um, people started to design figures on computers now. Mm. Um, is that anything you consider, or are you you happy uh, with the? I don't know. I don't think I'd want to do it that way. I I, I, I thought about it for cannon barrels. Mm. Um, whereas you could scan a cannon barrel in, yeah. and that could print up, print off as a master yeah. that you can touch up and then yeah. put in a mould. Yeah. As a, an aid to the design to get the metal one out. Right, but yeah, not, yeah, but yeah. not um, as the final product. Yeah. No, so that's interesting, yeah. interesting to, to hear. Um, it, it just seems to be coming more and more in, in vogue at the moment. It does, so yeah. I don't know whether it, it suits the to- sort of gaming that we're talking about mm. here, uh, producing 32, 48 man, 28 mil battalions. I'm not sure. Whether. No, no, no. <laughs> not, not at the moment, anyway. Not at the moment, anyway. <laughs> so. Um, I think on your website you started in 1985, mm-hmm. so that's quite a, quite a while. It is quite a while, <laughs> and um, I think most of you, um, if not all of your ranges, concentrate on horse and musket. Yes. Um, 85. What we're talking for? 35, 36 years. I've just started the 36 year. 36 year. What have you got left to make after 36 years? I'm finding it more difficult to find gaps in the market because thing because yeah. it seems to everybody's sort of doing them now. Yeah. But um, there's still a lot of Napoleonic stuff to do. Bavari- I've not got any Bavarians. Yeah. I mean, I've been getting books in and researching yeah. Bavarians. Um, yeah. There's still the collector series. I still need to add to that. Yeah. I love Franco-Prussian War. Ah, right. So okay. there might be something there. There might be something there. I've, I've loved Franco-Prussian War since school. So yeah. um, we'll see. It all depends. I always look at the rules as well, how how the figures yeah. and the rules relate on the table, yeah. and such long ranges and things. It's, it's still gelling up here. At the moment. Is it? Yeah. Uh, so, um, when I start a new project, it can often sit in my head for two or three years. Yes. Are you a similar sort of thing? Yeah. I mean, I've I have started designing some Franco-Prussian War figures. Yeah, I've got so far with them, and then I did get diverted and I have to do other things. So, yeah, but yeah, it's sitting there. But there's still there's still stuff in Napoleonic's and Seven Years' War. That... I mean, the Seven Years' War I've had to put on back burner because there's so much other stuff to do. But yeah. Seven Years' War is still one of my favourite. Yeah, it's still something I'd like to get back to. Mm. But yeah, and do those do those ideas come to you from um, yourself, or are you getting people? Have you got Have you got Dave from from workshop emailing you every ten minutes saying I want Franco Prussians. Have you got have you got people who um try and push you on to do something different? There's one or two yeah. that don't quite understand how much work <laughs> is involved. It, yeah. There's one or two who'd like me to do something completely off the wall that's not gonna make any money at all. Yeah. Um but mainly it's through what I want. I, I prefer to do I find I work better if I'm doing something I want to do. Yeah. Rather than yeah. doing something that somebody else wants, right? So I tend to go down that route. And has there ever been a temptation? Well, I think there has because I'm looking at some over there um, to change scales. You, you mentioned earlier on you, you, you've got some, you've I've, gone up. Yeah, I've done some. I've done some fifty fours. You've done some fifty fours. <laughs> just, just because design wise, yeah, you want to challenge yourself to do something else. Yeah. So I'm quite keen with the forties. Yeah. And I think um, that range, is it for sale now? That range? Not yet, no. It's no, not for sale. No, not yet, no. Not for sale. Um, I want to 
once I, I like to get them all done so I get them painted yeah and see them in a unit so yeah yes I'm happy with that yeah I'll right do more and start putting them yeah. out so even at that early stage then you're thinking about the unit and how yes. the unit looks yes. rather than have you ever thought about going smaller doing 15 mil or no no <laughs> I saw I saw it won't I saw, I saw it won't come for it but 15 has never been anything that I've been keen to get into at all yeah so um, the Franco-Prussian stuff then is that just a couple of figures that you're working on or because I think it's, the Perrys are looking at it weren't they well the Perrys have done it they did it some years ago with Foundry or, with Foundry yeah, yeah. Um, it's I mean I've done four yeah. figures or they're part, part way through yeah. just to see how they looked and, yeah because there has been a recent I can't remember the name of the company a recent Eagles and Lions or something? Yeah, somebody else has drawn that. Yeah, yeah um, but they, they're aiming, and their rules are very much aiming around more like a squad-based game, mm. like bolt action for Franco-Prussian War, where if I think Frank Franco-Prussian War, I'm thinking 60,000, 70,000 aside minimum. <laughs> yes. Yeah, that's... I mean, reading reading up, I love reading on about the, the, the war itself and the battles. And it's very much firepower based. It's, it's. I don't know how it would work on the table. Yeah, we used to um, at the Leeds War Games Club where I go. It was quite big. Um, probably in the mid nineties, a lot of people got mm. into it and did it in fifteen mil. Yeah. Um, and we used a computer set of rules for that. Um, and you weren't walking around in the open in it. You, no. You, you were hiding behind something the solid, more solid that thing you were hiding behind the and, and I do like to get into the, the how the unit works tactically yes so it's very difficult to find out exactly I mean I'm quite fluent with the Napoleonic tactics now they yeah. all work but working out how a French infantry battalion operated or a Prussian yeah. battalion because the Prussians changed their tactics after the yeah. first few battles yeah. so you've got to incorporate two lots of tactics yeah, this isn't working but, let's try this yeah so it's, it's <laughs> and it's heavily based on the skirmish line yeah from what I can gather yeah, you, so send, I, you I, set your skirmish yeah. line out yeah. then you reinforce that skirmish line yeah. if need be or you're pulled out I've, I've, I've just started looking at the um, Italian Wars of Independence myself mm. um, and the, the reading up I'm getting up from that is a solid base on which you put out your skirmish line yeah. at fault and then did you, all, yeah. you fell back onto your formed thing yeah. that you wanted to charge or yeah. get into hand-to-hand. So, yeah, the, yeah. yeah, interesting theory. It is, yes. Yeah, looking, forward to, looking forward to see what you come <laughs> up with. So what are your, what, what are you, what's your most popular stuff then? What, what comes in through the, the order book every... Well, it can vary. I mean, uh, last year it was French. Mm. That was, I mean, I, I keep graphs of what sells each yeah. year. And the French were, were off the yeah. top. The year before, it was all Russians, late Russians. Oh, that okay. was okay. Yeah. And you can, you, can, you can look back and think, oh, that was so-and-so buying yeah. massive armies for this. Because yeah. there are a couple of big collectors out there yeah. who send their stuff overseas to get painted and it comes back. Right. Um, I mean, this was all paid for by one, one collector. Yeah, <laughs> uh, place a massive order, so it all went into this. So that can that can vary, yeah. but make French, no, Russians, and British, yeah, remain. And it, it, it's the Napoleonic range. Napoleonic that's still the most popular. Yeah, well, that's mainly what I'm known for and what I do most. Yeah. And, and yeah. Do, you, do you think that that's because that's kind of your 
um, brand, if you like. I think so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and and I think the Napoleonic games work better in the war games than yeah. format. Yeah, the, the the whole tactics and the whole way it all works. So, I think um, I think once you get drawn into Napoleonics. Yeah, uh, I, I don't want to use a, a too many drug references, but <laughs> <laughs> once you get drawn into yeah, it, it's hard yeah. to get out. It, it's it's like being a di- it's an addiction for yeah. many people, and, and you'll see nice photos of painted units. And think, oh, yeah, I want that. So, and then I know a man who supplies that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'll give him a ring and yeah. uh, and see what he says. Um, looking at it, looking through your website and your various things that you do. Um, there's other things than figures, isn't it? You've got a range of flags. Yes, as well. I started doing flags. Um, are they your own designs? Yes, or, I yeah? do them all myself. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> these are the big, big copies. Big of copies, them. And, and how how do you do those? Are they hand painted or are they? I do them all on the computer. Oh, brilliant! Yeah. Brilliant. And how how big's that range now? It's um, surprisingly big. Surprisingly big. <laughs> yes. Napoleonics or into the Seven Years' War as well? Just Napoleonics at the moment. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Oh, that's good. And that's 28 mil? 28 mil. Well, that could be any size, yeah, really, because the, the print... It, just do it on computer. Yeah. But yeah, 28 mil at the moment. I'll do yeah. the 40 mils when I do the... If I do the... Yeah. And um, an, an interesting question for me. I, um, I, I used to be a painter. I used to be a professional painter. And I found it quite difficult to separate my personal enjoyment of the hobby away from the business yes. uh, and obviously you're fully immersed in it you, 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 you're working from home you, you, you're one one person mm-hmm. doing absolutely everything but you're still enjoying the hobby as well yes um, are you just a lucky man <laughs> or, or, or is there a skill to that do you, do you set out time blocks for different things not really no I when I'm designing a group of figures, especially mm. if it's something I want to do, I'm I'm yeah. I'm looking forward to getting yeah. them done and cast yeah. and painting them. Yeah. So that that's yeah. my driving mechanism, if you yeah. like. Well, that's great because you, you're clearly still enjoying it. Yes, I do. And, and that's I think that's brilliant. Yeah. Um, I mean, the, the the casting can be a bit monotonous at times, especially yeah. in this heat. Oh God. <laughs> but uh, yeah. So how how often how do you split your time then between casting painting? Generally, I, if I've got orders to cast, I'll cast them in the morning. Yeah. And then I'll pack the following morning. So it leaves me in the afternoons to design or what, yeah. anything else that needs to be. Yeah. Um, and I, I take it you're quite friendly with the local post office, are you? Or... Yes, <laughs> they know me quite well, yes. <laughs> well, you say that, they probably, oh, bloody hell, he's, he's here, here again. quick, 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 a thousand parcels to pack. Yeah. Um, and as well as flags, you've done a book as well, haven't you, I believe? Yes. Um, what's, what's that called? What's it about? I think we've got a copy of yeah, it. there you go. Ah, Creating the Napoleonic War Games Army, 1809 to 1815. So uh, when, when did this come out then? A couple, uh, couple of years ago now, I think. Yeah. And, uh, I mean, I had no thought of bringing it out. The publishers came to me and yes. says, we'd like you to do this book. Oh, yeah, we've got so, just, I'm just flicking through it now for the because uh, obviously the audio you can't <laughs> see this, um, but we've got painting guides, we've got um, organisations, we've got oh they're nice, I like those the um, like top down views yeah. of, um, of of units, and um, 
I, I take it we, this is all 28 mil and all big yes. big games. Excellent. Yep. Perfect for everyone. Get, get, <laughs> get on Pete's website now. It's good. Recommended by me. Um, so you were you were approached with that then rather yes. than, yep. than uh, yes. self? That was quite daunting because I've never written anything since school. Yeah. Longer than a few notes, so <laughs> so it was it was quite daunting for me, but yeah. Yeah, got there. Yeah, uh, did did somebody proofread it for you? Did you feel my, like my wife proofread? Ah, it. right. Did you feel like you were back at school and it come back with all red yes. pen on? <laughs> yeah. You know, I'm um, uh, I'm doing a book for the Italian Wars at the moment, mm. and uh, I'm finding the same thing that it's like being back at school. <laughs> I quite enjoy I quite enjoy doing the the. The painting guides, and, and yeah. uh, but some it can get to a bit of a grind when you've got yeah. loads and loads. I mean, I've, I've done a few booklets for myself. That's why they came to me because they'd seen ah, those right. booklets on the on yeah. the website. But yeah. they're mainly sort of uniform guides. Yeah, with a few notes on. There's no great prose yeah, in it. Structure <laughs> and loads of photographs. Yeah. And um, were, were all the photographs done here? I yes. Seem to, I seem to recognise the road on the yes. front cover. Yeah. They're all my, all my photographs. Yeah. All my graphics. Everything I did myself in there, and um, looking at those, it all the photographs all professionally done. Have you, have you got your own photograph set up for the website? And... Um, well, there's lights are over there. I, oh, I, yes, I, I tend to do them in here. I do them on the phone now. I used to have a proper camera, but phones are so good. They're, they're amazing, aren't they? Yeah, they're absolutely. You just amazing. don't need it. You just don't need it. Yeah. I um, I take I, I use this um, tablet. Yeah. For all my photographs. Yeah. And um. Through part of my work, I have access to a five thousand pound full frame digital SLR, and I don't bother with that yeah. because yeah. it's worked perfectly. Uh, well, I switched it on <laughs> uh, and, uh, and does the absolute business. Um, so we're, we're coming to the end of the, uh, of the interview now. Um, what's the future for Elite Miniatures? Do you see any major changes, or what, what do you think going forward? I think basically it's more of the same. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I can't see any big changes at all. Just yeah. maybe the odd, like different scales, different ranges. Yeah, yeah. It, it, um, it ain't broke. Don't fix it. That's right. That's yes. Kind of, yes. That's kind of it. <laughs> well, uh, you, you've been you've been around for the six years now in in the hobby. Yeah. Um, so um, you must be doing something right. Let's yeah. hope so. <laughs> Because I think if we look back at um, those magazines from those early days when you started, there's not a lot of those companies still around. No. Um, they've, they've gone fallen by the wayside or been eaten up by somebody like Warlord Games mm. who just seemed to buy absolutely everything under the sun. Yeah. Um, do you get approached by other companies to do stuff for them, or have you? Because you, you were involved with Connoisseur, weren't you? And then did, yeah. did that. Are they still going? I don't know. I think somebody's bought it out a few times. I think ah, you can still right. get them somewhere, but I don't know. Yeah. It's, it's yeah. one of those that seems to pop up every now and again. Yeah. And um, Yeah, I did a bit of work for him. Like I say, he wanted me to work for him, yeah. but I wanted to work for myself. Um, I teamed together with, um, I can't remember the names now, we were going to do something, but that fell apart. Yeah. Um, I'd do a bit for Colin Rumford. He's got yeah. some metal figures out. Um, but that's about it, really. Yeah. yeah, I prefer it's, to work on my own stuff. Yeah, well, you seem like you're a busy man, <laughs> <laughs> and that, that's fantastic yeah. to hear. And it's really, really, really um, 
I'm really, really grateful you've asked me to come downstairs. You're welcome. To, to sit and have a chat. Um, just before we finish, um, I always give the person I've interviewed an opportunity to ask me a question. Uh, if you haven't thought one, don't worry about it. I'm, I'm not giving you my pen number. <laughs> <laughs> um, what do you? What are you doing at the moment? What am I doing at the moment? Well, uh, in fact, I mentioned it a minute ago. Um, I'm doing some 28 mil. Italian Wars of Independence, um, Gringo 40s, I don't know if you've heard of the company. No. Um, they've got a, a really, really lovely range from like Garibaldi yeah. um, era. Um, and I'm, I'm, I'm a bit obsessed with paper forces for some reason. I don't know why. <laughs> um, so uh, my Italian Wars Army is paper, and uh, I'm doing some paper figures for the Italian Wars of Independence. Um, whilst writing this book, whilst trying to do for uh, painting for the book I'm working full time I'm working full time <laughs> so uh, it's not easy it's no. not easy but there we go um, so thank you very much for your time again and You're welcome. Uh, just like to say uh, thank you very much and uh, I'm hopeful we will speak again in the future yes thanks very much see you everyone see ya bye great chat with Pete there from uh Elite Miniatures, and thanks once again to him for inviting me down to uh, Elite Miniatures HQ, uh, and we had a lovely uh, morning stroke, uh, early afternoon, uh, chewing the fat about all things wargaming, and uh, all the bits uh, that we could uh, that we could broadcast, uh, you've had to listen to. Uh, so thanks once again, Pete, and uh, please, please bob down to the Elite Miniatures website, have a look at his stuff, have a look at his flags and his rules and the book and uh, all the lovely figures. Um, they are really, really nice. And uh, if you're watching this on YouTube, you'll have seen all the um, lovely photographs I took when I was down there of his stuff uh, that will accompany this uh, this with the video on the YouTube. Um, so, uh, looking forward to the next guest, as we always do at this point in the in the show. Um, I'm going to be talking to a chap called John Lander. Now, John's been mentioned a couple of three times during the course of uh, the podcast by other guests. And um, if you think that um, you've got a big game, let me tell you, you haven't because John has got a big game. Um, he is probably most famous for the, uh, I think it was a 72 foot long table, uh, 54 millimeter figures. Uh, I think it was Market Garden, World War Two. Um, so uh, my puny, puny, puny 12 foot table here at Yorkshire Gamer uh, bears into insignificant, compared to some of the stuff that John does. Um, he's living out in the States um, now, and um, he's doing a bit of painting and uh, lots of stuff. He's um, He's got lots of figures down at the War Games Holiday Centre that he's painted. And um, he's uh, he's got some funny stories that as the lad. He, he was the one who, if you remember from the episode with Mark Freeth, um, rolled the huge model of the Campbelltown down uh, the aisle of a war game show um, whilst blowing a klaxon. So <laughs> it should be fun talking to John. Um, in the meantime, look after yourselves out there and I'll see you in a couple of weeks' time. Sithy!